Warning. This podcast frequently contains potentially triggering, violent, and graphic content. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. A big welcome to our newest official members of the Nightmare Society online campfire, Margaret B. and Miss Tori. Welcome and thanks so much for your support, guys. Also, a big thanks goes to our first story submitter, Miss Faith Bardell, a listener of ours and quite the talented artist. You can find her music on faithbardell.com. Reverb Nation, Spotify, and she's on all the socials as well. You can find them linked in the description. Also, a big thanks goes to M and Sarah A, who are also kind enough to share their stories with us tonight. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. This happened earlier today. I'm a 24-year-old female singer, and I'm used to driving far distances alone. I was on my way to play a show which was going to be a pool party in a really nice neighborhood in a large town, about an hour and a half away from my house. I was actually listening to this podcast during my trip, and noticed a white car had been following me for a while. Trying not to overthink this situation, I decided to take a random quick turn to see if he followed me. He did. I decided to do it again, and when he followed, my heart sank. I realized he was definitely following me. Of course, I'd be getting followed while I'm listening to a story about a woman being followed. My destination was in a heavily populated area, so I decided to continue until I got there. I parked on the side of the road in this neighborhood and immediately locked the doors. I looked around for a weapon just in case, and realized all I had was a screwdriver. I should mention, a year ago I broke the handle on my middle console, and I can only open it with a screwdriver and close it with it, or it won't latch. Being very nervous and honestly afraid, I put the screwdriver in my lap. He drove by slowly once, smiling at me, and then drove off. A few minutes later, he's back again. Now, I'm from a small town in North Carolina, and I might be five foot three, but I like to think I'm tougher than I probably am. I grew up watching investigation shows and I've been singing in bars since I was 15 years old, so I know how to handle myself. By the second time he drove by, I was more angry than afraid, and when he passed a third time, I waved my screwdriver with a screw you look on my face. Then I flipped it around and made a stabbing motion with it, all while making eye contact with the man. I was hoping if I looked crazier than him, he'd leave me alone. 
He gave me an oh shit look and drove off. Looking back, I'm lucky he didn't come back with a gun or try to match my energy. I'm grateful for my redneck weapon and screw you attitude, but I hope he never follows any woman again. So to the weirdo who felt the need to follow me, not knowing I was listening to a podcast that was preparing me for that moment, let's not meet again. It was the summer of 1984. I was a short, skinny, eight-year-old girl with long, honey-blonde hair down to my waist and green eyes. My brother was a tall, skinny 12-year-old with almost white, blonde hair and big blue eyes. At the time, we lived in a nice area of Northern California in the Bay Area, and often we would walk down to our local Safeway and True Value hardware store. The Safeway always had many Cokes in glass bottles, and with our pocket change we could buy a Coke at Safeway, and a few storefronts down we could walk to the True Value hardware store and buy candy. They had the best candy. All kinds of bubblegum, candy bars, rock candy, big league chew, gum that literally looked like cigarettes, ring pops, fun dip, Jolly Ranchers, gummies, and much more. It was absolute heaven for kids. We would usually go to Safeway first to get our coke, and then proceed to the hardware store to spend the remaining money on all the candy we could buy, and then enjoy our hot walk home, eating and drinking all our goodies. The walk from our house was two hours if we took the paved neighborhood roads. However, if we cut across the golf course, it cut the trip by about an hour. It was the middle of a hot summer and we were taking the walk down to Safeway, and as per usual we started to cut across the golf course to save time. This time, however, some men golfing started screaming at us to get off the golf course. We didn't want to get into any trouble so we just ran out of there into the surrounding woods as quickly as possible. We made it back to a paved road. But because we got chased out of the golf course and bolted, we had no idea where in the heck we were. We knew we were somewhere in our sprawling neighborhood that has many hills and is full of trees and homes, but we were totally turned around and lost. We were trying to figure out where we were and I was looking to my older brother for guidance. My brother was smart and one of those boys who was always into knives, butterfly, switchblades, buoy, etc. Hunting gear, ninja stars, survival gear, war trinkets, etc. He basically lived at the army surplus store. I figured if anyone could figure out what to do, it was him. We started walking in what we thought was the right direction, and we happened upon a guy walking down the street. That alone was odd. We were walking through a custom home million dollar neighborhood where literally no one was ever out just strolling. In the early hours or at dusk we had joggers, people walking their dogs, etc. But this was in the middle of the day when people were at work, 
and this dude looks different than the regular people of this neighborhood. Keeping in mind it was the middle of summer and very hot, this guy was in jeans, a black shirt, a jean jacket. He had brown hair that came down to the nape of his neck. It was greasy and slicked back. He had on biker boots, a big shiny gold belt buckle with a brown leather belt, a scruffy beard, and what looked like to be a chain wallet in his front pocket. He just looked so out of place for the area. He looked rough and scary and was sweaty. However, we didn't think too much of it since my uncle was a biker dude and the nicest guy in the world. Since we were lost, my brother asked him if he knew how to get to Safeway. The guy was nice. He said, Sure. Go up that street and hang the left and keep going. You'll hit it. We listened to him. We felt safe enough because he had pointed us in the opposite direction from which he was walking. We headed down the way he told us and when we got to the end of the street it was a dead end into the woods and there were no homes nearby. My brother looked at me and said, That guy lied. This isn't right. Just as we turn around to get out of the dead end, we see the guy walking towards us down the street. He was just staring at us both so hard and was walking at a quick pace. At that point, my brother just yells, RUN! And he took off running through the woods. At this point, we hear the guy scream, Come back here, you my brother was tall, fast, and athletic. I was a tiny, short little girl, barely 50 pounds, and my little legs could not keep up. I kept yelling at my brother to slow down. My brother noticed that I wasn't close behind and he stopped, ran back to me and grabbed my arm and pretty much dragged me along until we stumbled upon a road we knew we recognized. From that point on, we knew how to get to Safeway. We still ran all the way there and when we got to the shopping center, my brother decided that we should go into the hardware store, not Safeway, and tell the clerk we were being followed and could we please use the telephone. The clerk had me come behind the counter and sit on the ground. I remember she gave me a little white rabbit's foot keychain to rub for good luck. In the meantime, my brother was calling my mom. As he's on the phone with my mom, I'm hunkered down looking through the glass shelving cases to the parking lot outside, just waiting to see my mom pull up, when all of a sudden, I see the guy walking past the hardware store, coming from the direction of the Safeway, mumbling and swearing and looking super angry. As he walked past, I noticed a switchblade sticking out of his top back pocket. I knew it was a switchblade by the fact that my brother had a few. In the other back pocket, it looked to be some sort of revolver. I don't know guns well, but it looked like the ones you see in old westerns, so I assumed it was a revolver. He was scanning the area and was walking at a fast pace, still cursing and mumbling to himself. We sat in the hardware store and waited for my mom to come pick us up. We told my mom in detail what happened. We never filed a police report because the guy never really did anything to us besides yell and scare us. We couldn't prove he was following us. We figured the police wouldn't believe two kids. 
so we just chalked it up to a close call. My mom eventually let us walk down to Safeway again. She figured if we got out of a jam in the first time, we could probably do it again. We were, however, never allowed to walk alone. We always had to be in pairs. From then on, when we did walk down to Safeway, both my brother and I always had knives on us. To this day, I still carry one in my purse. I never heard about or saw that guy again. It's been almost 40 years and I will never forget what that man looked like. I have no idea what he wanted with two young kids and why he misdirected us and followed us to Safeway. I'm thankful my brother was with me. He's always been my protector. If he had not been with me that day, I'm not sure I'd still be alive. For context, I'm a girl. I was 18 years old when this happened, and I live in Finland. It was 2020. The coronavirus hadn't yet shut down places in my town. At the time, the buses were still driving till almost 3 a.m. On this eventful night, me and my friend, who is also a girl my age, had been spending time at our friend's house and decided to catch the last night bus to my house. My friend always left her moped at my house when we went out. It was partly so we wouldn't have to go home alone at night. It was also so that she didn't have to drive in the city center and would get home faster. The night bus's stop wasn't exactly close to my home, but it was only a 10 to 15 minute walk there. Usually my bus would stop right next to my house, but since this was the night bus, it drove a different route. It was around 3 in the morning when we got off the bus. There was no one in sight, so we were feeling quite safe and happy to be walking outside. As we were about to start the long, straight road ahead, a taxi pulled up and stopped in the middle of the road. We didn't think much of it. It was probably just some random person coming home from a bar or something. The area we were walking through had always been quiet and safe. It was all townhouses with families living in them. There were lots of small roads between the houses. This is important for later. A bald man got out of the taxi. He was quite tall, maybe 185 centimeters. My friend and I are around 160 cm, so we were noticeably smaller than him. The man also looked kind of buff. My friend and I have always been wary of random men, but after what happened that night, We've been even more wary, often even scared of unfamiliar men. We didn't pay much attention to him, just thought he lived in some house nearby. Though it was a bit weird that the taxi stopped right in the middle of the road sideways, not in a yard, or not really in front of any house. My friend and I continued walking. We thought that the man would find himself home without bothering us since he had ridden in the taxi and all. We were wrong. We noticed that the man started walking in the same direction, 
staying fairly close to us. We crossed the road to the other side and he followed us. At this point, my friend and I started feeling kind of uneasy. We crossed the road one more time to the other side, and when the man followed us, my friend decided to confront him. We turned around. The man looked really creepy. His eyes were wide open. They looked like they would fall out of his head at any moment. He had a blank expression on his face. My friend asked him with a trembling voice, Are you following us? I was expecting a mumbled response, since I thought the man was drunk and just trying to get some sense of direction from us. Instead, his voice was clear as day. Yes. Yes. He answered. Why? My friend asked. I don't know. I don't know. You need to stop following us. If you don't stop, I'll call the police. My friend said. The man did not say anything. At this point, we crossed the road once again to the other side and the man stood still. My friend took out her phone and called her dad, who fortunately picked up. She told him what was going on. At this point, the man had started to come towards us. But when he saw my friend holding a phone and shouting at him to stay the heck away from us, he started to walk in the other direction. We were relieved as we watched the man walk in a zigzag pattern away from us. My friend was still on the phone with her dad. He told us to take an alternative route to my house. As I mentioned before, there were lots of small roads between the houses, so it was an easy task to find a new route home. As my friend was still talking, the man suddenly turned around, now facing us, and started to come closer to us again. My friend and I went into full panic mode. We started running away from the man. I don't know what he had taken, whether it was drugs or alcohol, but fortunately he was not very fast. My friend and I ran into a random house's yard and hid behind a hedge. Our hearts were pounding really fast and my friend was crying. I tried to stay focused and not cry. We watched from between the leaves as the man blindly ran past us to a different road. At this point, you might wonder why we didn't call the police. I wonder the same thing whenever I think of this night. I guess we were just too panicked to be able to think clearly, or didn't want to bother the police. We should have, though. We waited behind the hedge for a while. We didn't see the man anywhere, so we decided to move. We should have just ran through the house's yards, but we thought the man would be long gone so we could walk on the bigger road. We went to walk beside that bigger said road. We saw a taxi coming up ahead and I waved frantically at it to stop. The driver must have thought I was some drunk idiot teenager and just drove by without stopping. There were no other cars around. We decided just to walk to my house. I kept looking behind us just in case the man came up behind us suddenly. As you might guess, that's exactly the thing that happened. The man just spawned out of nowhere and started running after us again. The adrenaline kicked in and we just started running as fast as we could. I chose a route that had a lot of corners, so even if the man got closer he wouldn't know exactly where we went. 
We didn't stop running until we reached my door. We were both obviously in shock. We just trembled and cried for at least half an hour in my apartment's cellar. It was the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. In the end, she got home safe. I didn't fall asleep until after 5 in the morning. My parents didn't fully believe me when I told them what happened. They said I was exaggerating and he probably was just some drunk who wanted to find a way home. I never filed a police report because of my parents. They said not to, that it wasn't that serious and the police couldn't do anything. Now, thanks to this man, I'm too scared to ever walk alone outside when it's dark or late. I don't know what he wanted with us and frankly, I do not want to know. So to the bald man with the creepy stare, let's never meet again. Again, thanks so much to our contributors for sharing their stories, and thank you for sticking around and listening. If you have Instagram, don't forget to check us out over at Nightmare Society Radio. And if you're interested in merch, there's a link in the description through Threadless. It should be nightmaresociety.threadless.com. And of course, until next time. Sweet dreams.